Hey friend, are you struggling to find consistent paid speaking gigs? Do you want to know the exact six steps that you can take to find and book more paid speaking opportunities in 2024? Well, we want to make that easy for you. We've created a new free resource with the help of Dan Irvin, one of our highly successful speakers on our team. Dan has booked over $100,000 in paid speaking gigs in the last few years, and his six-step process is going to help you maximize your chances of getting booked and paid to speak in any industry. You're going to learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, and proposal emails and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps and we're going to send you this 18-page guide straight to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps and you're going to get that free guide. Hey, thanks for listening. You're awesome. What is up, my friend? Welcome back to the Speaker Lab Podcast. My name is Grant Baldwin. Good to have you here with us today. Today, we are on episode 60, 60 of the uh, Speaker Lab Podcast. Really glad you're here. And I'm going to tell you what right now. This may be, no, 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 I'm not even going to say this may be. This will be my favorite episode we ever do. Like for all future episodes, it just goes downhill from here. I I mean, I hope not, but I know that we've set the bar pretty high here today because today we are having a conversation with my wife. And uh, this is something, if you know my wife at all, I thought she would never do this. She swore she would never do this, but somehow I convinced her to do this. And so we have a wonderful, wonderful conversation, interview, discussion about marriage, about uh, being married to a speaker, how we handle our own marriage, how we made the adjustment of going from having a full-time job into figuring out how do we make this work work as a speaker and how do we uh, navigate that financially and how do we pay the bills and continue to eat and live indoors? Those things are important to us. Uh, how have we managed having kids and raising kids with me traveling a lot? How is it, what's it like to be married to an entrepreneur and someone who's, who not only works from home, but kind of has this unique schedule of, of uh, I work a lot. So how do we handle that? Uh, we also talk a little bit about just what works for us with marriage, what works for us with travel, what works for us in our family. We also talk about homeschooling. We homeschool our kids. We started that almost three years ago. So we talk about that as well. As many of you have asked about, we moved to Nashville a little over a year ago at the time of this recording. And so we talk about that, why we decided to move to Nashville and kind of the uh, the impact that that's had on our marriage and on our family. I am so, so freaking pumped for you to listen to this episode. My wife is an amazing, amazing woman. She means the world to me, my best friend on the planet. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of her. I couldn't be more proud of, uh, of our daughters and our family. And so any of the speaking or entrepreneurial or business success that I've had is a direct result of her. She is a huge, huge fan and advocate and supporter of, uh, of what I do. So I just very feel very, 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 very fortunate to have such an amazing woman in my life as my best friend and partner in crime and uh, as the mother to our three crazy daughters. So uh, you're going to hear that whole conversation and discussion today. So without further ado, let's get into it. Here is my lovely wife, Sheila Baldwin. All right, my dear, we're recording. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Now, this is something that you have dreaded doing for quite some time, <laughs> but we're sitting in my office now and we're actually doing it. How, how do you feel about it? I'm good. You okay? I am good. I think you're way more excited than I'm nervous. I am thrilled about this because we have been together for many, many years and I have always kind of been known as the guy that'll get on stage and get in front of people and You've just kind of been known as that. Thank you, dear. And... <laughs> And you are are not. You're very, very I'm shy. Not. 
you are until people get to know you then you kind of come out of your shell a little bit but this is not like your normal stick is sitting here having a conversation with your husband while it's recorded (laughs) we have conversations we we just don't record them yeah not on this isn't typical friday morning this is not typical friday so we had to convince the children like Normally, daddy does recordings, but today, mommy and daddy are doing a recording. Miley said, what if I'm bleeding? Can I come in? (laughs) If you're bleeding, (laughs) yes, you are allowed to come in. So, okay. So uh, I get a lot of questions from people who are asking about what it's like to be married to an entrepreneur, what it's like to be married to a speaker, especially someone that's traveling a lot, and how do we manage marriage and kids and all of that. You're already getting the giggles here. I'm sorry. Okay, so You're first just of all, so cute. Stop it. Let's start <laughs> let's start with the first most important question here. Okay. What's it like to be married to someone that is so sexy? It's really hard. Isn't it? It is. I can't keep up. I know. I know. You've been you've been given a gift. <laughs> I have. You tell me that every day. You're welcome. Okay, first of all, just for context sake, let's give people a little bit of our story. Because I talk about us, I talk about our girls a lot. But for people who aren't familiar with us or our story, let's give them a snapshot. So I'm going to let you tell it. How did we meet according to you? According to me, we were in high school. And like the actual first meeting? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we can do that. Okay, so we went to the same church. And it was like around Christmas and I was walking through this like lobby area and you were sitting there with one of your buddies and you're like, somehow you guys started talking to me and you actually the guy that I had previously dated or whatever wow. walked by and you ask him, you said, tell me about yourself because I want to know what kind of guy Sheila likes. And wow. that's how it all started right <laughs> there. <laughs> you totally did. How, uh, it was horrifying to for, me. <laughs> for context sake, how old were we at the time? You were 15 mm-hmm. and I was 17. That's right. Yeah, yeah buddy. <laughs> Older woman. So 15 and 17. That was that, uh, that very first night mm-hmm. where we first started talking. It was like December 17th or something. Wow. It's etched in my brain. Uh-huh. I'm <laughs> sure it is. And so we started talking then. And then, like, I don't like what made it formal or official? I don't know. Because we didn't, like, have our first date. Our first date was, like, February 9th. Yep. And we went on a very romantic date, a group date with some other people. Mm-hmm. And we went... Bowling. It was so hot. <laughs> uh, so we went bowling. And uh, that's kind of, I don't remember like if we talked much between December and either. February. I mean, we well, had to have talked at some point. The reason I even talked to you in the first place oh, was I had, a a f- I had a friend who liked you. And so I went to high school with you to your school, but she did not. So she's like, hey, keep an eye on him. Find out if he's dating, who he likes. So scandalous. And I was like, yeah, sure. And then, whoops, I married you. <laughs> but fun fact, she was actually... She was in our wedding. She was in our wedding. So yeah. she's still... In fact, you and I had the good fortune of being able to go to the Grammys last year. Mm-hmm. And she did your hair for that. So yes. it comes full Shout circle. Shout out to Katura. We cir- love you. The circle of life. <laughs> All right, so we started dating, uh, went bowling. Uh, we dated for many, many years. How long did we date? Five years. Five years. And we had to. You were 15. <laughs> it was so little. So when we got engaged, was I 19 or 20 when I we got I think you were 19. When we got engaged? Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Because it was June and you were 20 when we, yeah. So you would have been 19. Yeah. That's wow. like nine years. Like Sid is 10. That's crazy. So. Oh my gosh, we were so little. So 
Yeah, I was 19 when we got engaged, apparently. Uh, she was 21. Because I remember, like, when we went on our honeymoon, like, we couldn't rent a car. Yep. And well, so we, I could, but you couldn't because you were still 20. <laughs> I, was, like, I, <laughs> I was the grown it. up in you the relationship. <laughs> you've always been the grown up in the relationship. So we, all right, so we got married. And then I think at the time, like, you know, you and I, you mentioned we were both really involved in our local church growing up. Our youth pastor had a huge impact in both of our lives. He did our wedding. And so that was kind of the path we were on for a while was I went to Bible college. We got married when I was, I don't know, maybe sophomore, junior, something like that. Yeah. And so that was kind of the path we were on. Worked at a local church for a little while. Parts of it like we liked, parts of it we didn't like. One thing I felt like I really enjoyed was speaking. And so we were at that church for about 18 months. And then, what was it, maybe 14, 15 into it, you got knocked up. <laughs> yes, thank you. With our I with our now oldest child, who just turned 10. We have a 10-year-old. 10, woohoo! That's crazy. So we have, a, at this point, three girls. Well, this is just fast-forwarding in the story. We've got three girls who are ages, what? 10, 7. I mean, I know. I'm just... Five. <laughs> Ten, seven, five. So we have yeah. Sydney, Emily, and Miley. So me and a bunch of women, uh, which I talk about frequently. So you got pregnant with our first child. And I think at that point, like we were, again, parts of it we liked in the gig that we had, parts of it we didn't like. But I know for me, at least, I just had a really difficult time figuring out like what we would do next. And so I remember we resigned the position we were in. That was December of what, 2006, maybe? Five, because she was born in six. Okay. So we resigned that position. And then I remember just like for the next nine months or so, it was just like... Living on a prayer. Like <laughs> my mom, as of like literally a couple of days ago, she confessed to <laughs> Sheila. She's like, I didn't think you guys were going to make it financially. Like you guys are just a mess. Because we had, you know, at that point, like I'd gone to Bible college, thought that was really what I wanted to do. Didn't have the best of experiences. Knew that... Not all situations were like that, but knew that I had enough buddies that to know that it that wasn't uncommon being in that situation that we were in. But I just knew, like, so for a little while for work, then I was working, I worked for a security company doing sales stuff, just doing like door to door, 100% commission. Mm-hmm. At that point, you were You were working fine. at like Applebee's or somewhere too. No, I was in college. Worked in Applebee's. Well, you did restaurants, Clary's. Yeah, yeah. I worked in a couple different restaurants. Yeah. So for a little while, it was just like a hodgepodge of selling security stuff doing restaurant like two different restaurants what else did you sell uh, <laughs> we collectively sold purses on ebay we did that was we did pretty awesome. good with we that did. it wasn't too bad actually it was kind of fun and so for a while it was just like this hodgepodge of stuff that was not career stuff by any means it was just kind of like we we have a baby coming and i have no career and no idea what i want to do with my life this is all true. <laughs> how was <laughs> like how is that for you? Like from your perspective? Because I felt like like looking back now, like it worked out well and it was a really, really good period for at least for me career wise, just to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. But at the same time, like <laughs> it was really rough, I think, because like we have a kid coming on the way. We have a lot of like well meaning people that love us and care about us, like, hey, have you thought this through? <laughs> You've or lost like your mind. It really felt like that. You know, and even now, like I've done some podcast interviews and people have asked kind of about that transition, like, did you have savings? Did you have <laughs> a safety net? Did you have any plans? Like we didn't really We had nothing. We had we were literally. And we had living just on bought love. our first house. Like oh, wow. Yeah. It just <laughs> <laughs> on paper, it was a horrible life it decision. It was crazy. But it worked out well. So what like, what was that before I got into speaking in kind of that interim period? Like, what was that like 
for you? I don't remember it being like super traumatic. I think that I trusted you enough. I really don't remember like feeling stressed. I don't know. I guess I've just always trusted you enough to know you're not going to let us end up on the street, but (laughs) somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I want to come back and talk about that in a second. So, okay. So in the timeline here, so we left that position in December. We had our oldest daughter in April. And then I remember I first, like at that time, kind of in that period, I was like, I remember I was reading a bunch of books on just figuring out what do you want to do with your life and just felt like I was having this quarter life crisis. And then that fall was when I was really like, okay, I think I can do this speaking thing. I think we can make this work. And I remember borrowing money from my dad to get started. Do you remember that? I do. Because I knew like, okay, I think I can make this work. I'd done a lot of speaking in the church and felt like I was a decent speaker. In college, I'd worked for a guy who was a speaker. So I felt like, okay, I think this is the thing that I want to do. So I remember borrowing some money from my dad just to get like a website up and running. There was a speaker training in Dallas that I was going to go to. Mm -hmm. It was like a thousand dollars to go to plus the cost of travel to go to. So, okay, let's talk through that. Like we're broke. Like we have no money at all. (laughs) Major broke. And I am, we have like a infant and I want to like borrow money to like chase a dream. Like what are you thinking during that? Like why did you not shoot that down (laughs) looking back? (laughs) Same thing. I guess I just thought that you had thought it through enough that I could trust you on it. But I do remember like, cause we were at the same time we were trying to like get out of debt and yeah. pay off debt. And you're like, I'm going to borrow. I don't know how much it was like 5,000 or uh, something. I think it was 2,500, 2,500 from my dad. And I'm like, what? You can't borrow money. We already owe enough money. And so that was a little overwhelming, but that's right. We were in the midst of like we're on the Dave Ramsey yeah. kick, getting out of debt. That's no and I would ball. say like, you know, not to fast forward too much, but I would say like that and getting out of debt has been like one of the best mm-hmm. possible things for us. Yeah, um, I'm glad we did that right away. Like it's made such a huge difference. And then just it just takes that burden off your shoulders. Because at the time we had like when we got married, we had I think we had about thirty thousand dollars in like credit card debt and school loans and car loans and like just normal stuff. Yeah. And then we got really intentional about it and paid it off. And like it made a huge, huge difference for us. Yeah. So, okay. So I borrowed some money to chase a dream. <laughs> I remember I booked a couple things like fairly quick, but I mean, like not enough to live off of, but yeah. a few things here and there. So, like, do you remember at all thinking like this could work or like what was your thought process? I don't remember. I had a, it was several years ago. Yeah. I had a little baby. So, yeah. I was just like, okay, well, if he's making $200, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't remember it. I just, the main, one of the main things I remember was I was working a lot because yeah. I remember I was doing the security stuff still. I was doing one or two restaurants. I worked with two different speaking companies, like doing some contract work for them, mm-hmm. plus trying to build my own stuff. And so I remember like I was just working a lot because I, I think, think, I think I knew that like you had the restaurant to fall back on. I think when I got nervous was when you're like, I'm going to do this and this only. Yeah. <laughs> Then I was like, um, let's, let's hold up there. (laughs) Hold up. (laughs) So I remember it took like for a while, it was just literally like this hodgepodge of just odd jobs to like pay bills and to make it work. And then like fast forward, it took me about 18 months to go from like zero gigs on the calendar to having a website and being able to do that full time. 
uh, between 18 months and two years, something like that. Yes. I was pregnant the second time. Wow. Mm-hmm. Just kept getting pregnant. <laughs> Couldn't keep your hands off me. Couldn't. Easy. 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 Okay. This is a PG family <laughs> show. Now I'm distracted. <laughs> okay. So let's talk about that transition of, I remember like the speaking stuff's building up and I'm dropping a couple of things like, okay, I'm going to yeah. quit this restaurant job or I'm going to quit the security job and okay, I'm booking a few more things. Okay. Now I'm going to drop this one thing. And so before like things kept dropping as speaking kept increasing, like as we were getting closer to like being able to transition to full-time like self-employment, how were yeah. you feeling about that? I think that's when I first got nervous <laughs> because there wasn't anything to fall back on. And I guess, but in my mind, I always kept in, in the back of my mind, just if it all goes to hell in a handbasket, he can go back to Applebee's. Like that was just it was like so long ago that I was at Applebee's. I know, but it was just college. You used to come I see know. me just to get free chips. And it's salsa. just good memories. I guess you could go to any restaurant was what I had in my mind. Like if it all goes south, we have something to fall back on. So that was our backup plan was yep. Applebee's. You could still be there. So it's so for you, like, was it comforting and just knowing like we could figure it out? Yeah, I think we had done it enough during those like eighteen months, like just making it work. That I think I always knew that we'd just make it work. Which how do you? Okay, so I think I am fortunate in that I have a very good spouse. And you're welcome. You're that, welcome. Thank you, dear. And that <laughs> like you've always been fairly trusting on that stuff. I'm just trying to think through the lens of people who are listening to this going like, I've tried a business thing before and it didn't work and my spouse isn't totally trusting or they're just like, not that they don't trust me, but they're just also knowing like, this is how we eat and live indoors. And like, if this doesn't work, like, what are we going to do? So what, like, is there anything that we would do differently or that I did or didn't do that helped you to trust or not trust or just to kind of like ease your emotions on it? I think you just talked to me through it the whole way. Like you were constantly showing me the numbers and, you know, the projected, I think I can do this much and we did this. So I think we can build it to this. And I don't, maybe I'm just too trusting. Maybe I was super (laughs) naive and (laughs) like your mom said, she thought we were crazy, but we were crazy. I think you were good at talking me through it and I was just good at trusting that you weren't going to let us starve, even if we had to move outdoors. <laughs> I think we're both very fortunate in that like, we have a really, really good marriage. I mean, at this point, we've been together for 19 years. We still really dig each other. I mean, at least I dig you. I dig you. That's good to know. I just want to confirm. That's even really with what, your feet in my face right now. That Hey, <laughs> listen, people babe, this could is the way it is. How we're set up here. I mean, I think we have a really good marriage. I think that, you know, we have like that built-in trust beyond just the business entrepreneurship stuff that we're just we're a team we're in this together we're going to figure this out and i think also um one thing that's helped us is we kind of have this almost like this spirit of adventure of just Mm -hmm. like like let's just try it and like what's the worst that can happen and like generally things go well but like sometimes they don't so i don't know what do you think it might too help that both of our dads were kind of entrepreneurs and so we kind of grew up watching our dads do their own thing and make it work. And 
my dad built houses and he started a bookstore and he right. had a publishing company. Like he did all this crazy stuff, but I never was on food stamps or, right. you know, so I think I did, that helped that I grew up with that. If you grew up with a dad that worked, you know, nine to five and got a regular normal paycheck, it might've been a little more nerve wracking to marry you. <laughs> I think also like going into it, I think, I know at least I did. I had the sense of like, I'd rather try this and have this be like an epic failure than to like just play it safe for the rest of our life and just wonder like what if, like what if we had tried that? And yeah. I think we, again, I think we try to do that with a bunch of different things. You know, like we can talk about this later, but we, like we just moved to Nashville about a year ago, like for on paper, like no good reason at all <laughs> other than it was just kind of like, yeah, I let's just, just do it. To. Yeah, it's just for fun. And so it's worked out really, really well. But again, it's just kind of like that. Let's try it. And let's see, like, let's see what happens. Let's see if this works. Let's see, you know, if this goes okay. So, okay. So I start speaking business does fairly well, like enough that like we're able to like eat and live indoors and just like, (laughs) and I didn't have to ever go back to the restaurant. So we avoided, so that's, that's really success in (laughs) our minds. Yeah, we made it. Is we, uh, as I didn't have to work in Applebee's anymore. That was all, that was the ultimate goal. Although Uh, we lost that discount. <laughs> that was, it, yeah. Oh wow, <laughs> that's really what you're looking for—is a discounted apple Free chips and salsa. Okay, so as speaking increased, like it was one thing to do, like yeah, Grant's chasing this little dream, and he's like traveling from time to time. But like at its peak, like I was doing like 50, 60, 70 events a year, and you guys would come to a couple of them, but it wasn't like substantially. So at that point, as the business is increasing, and we have three kids, and all like young under five, six, seven or so at the time, like how are you managing that just as a, I want to talk about from a couple of perspectives from like the mom perspective, from a wife perspective, from a kids, how are kids dealing with that? How is that going for you as it's like more and more like husband, daddy, Grant is just gone. Like how's that working? There's a lot of seasons, like there were seasons each year as far as like you're busy in the spring and you're busy in the fall, but there were like seasons of our family. So you started and we had Sydney and that's one kid. And then we suddenly have two kids. And like, I remember Emily, the middle was a week old and you left for a week. And I'm like, you're going to be gone half her life. You know, by the time she's two weeks old, you will have missed half her life. Wow. And then, you know, Emily grows up fine. She's not scarred from that. She doesn't even remember. And we have Miley. And so it's just there's been all sorts of seasons and each one was hard in its own way. Right. But um, we just kind of like found our groove as far as we had life when daddy was gone and we had life when daddy was there and we kind of figured out how to to make that work. And I don't really know how. I think it was just trial and error. I think but. there was a big misconception, too. Like, a lot of people that I talked to would say, like, oh, you're a speaker. You must just be gone constantly. And, like, yes, I travel more than, like, the average human being. But at the same time, like, you know, you and I have always said that if I was working, like, a 9 to 5, Monday to Friday gig compared to what I do now and that I work from home and I travel some... Like, I think I'm home way more now than if I was working, like, a, a normal, regular gig. Like, what Yeah. What do you think? Now, Yeah. I think especially. But and I, even back then, it was just our life was so different than any of my friends. Like, I felt like nobody could understand our life. People didn't get, like, how we functioned with you 
in and out and back and forth and it seems like one of those things like i don't know do you think like people just overcomplicate it and it's just like you just figure it out like you just make it work like yeah. i don't know I, I don't know that there's any like magic answer of because I, I mean i i know like we did have those moments where i would be gone and I'd be typically like if I'm traveling, typically we've tried to keep it like to a day or two, like try to keep it short. Like it, occasionally I'd have a stretch that was, you know, three, four five days or something. But it was never like I was gone for like two or three weeks at a time. No. Like that wouldn't have gone over well. And I just didn't want to be gone that long. Like I wanted to. But that also created its own challenge. Like daddy's here two days. Daddy's gone three days. Daddy's here one yeah. day. Daddy's gone four days. And they had to get used to like, OK, daddy's gone. Mommy's mommy and daddy daddy's back who's in charge so it was kind of a revolving door of it daddy. was a learning experience for everyone how like when i was gone i remember like sometimes it would go fine and like every trip would be different sometimes it would go fine everybody was good but at the same time like i remember sometimes where like you would call and in tears and like you just like you just either missed me or the kids were being crazy or like, how are you navigating that when you like you just don't have your other half there to help? Yeah, it's luckily we lived close to family. So if it got real bad, I could call someone. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's so hard to remember back to the early like I it went so fast. But at the same time, it felt like an eternity. Right. Some trips went better than others. We went through a phase where every time you got on a plane, someone would start throwing up. Like <laughs> every trip, we called it the curse because yeah. you would leave town and somebody got sick and it was just brutal. And I don't know why, but it was like a long stretch. <laughs> it's like a good number of trips. And we're a healthy like family, but it was like you'd be home for three weeks and then as soon as you left town, they'd puke. I, did, I right. just, I can't even put my finger on what caused that. What were you doing to help the girls just kind of adjust to daddy's not always here. Well, they kind of grew up with that. That's I true. think they were yeah. fortunate. Like they didn't, they didn't know any different. Yeah. I mean, you had started speaking when Sid was a baby. So nobody really ever knew any different. They went through stages. Like I remember in our Eastland house, that's what we always call it. They'd stand at the front window and just cry, like sob when you left for a trip. You know, it'd be like it five bad. in the morning and you were leaving for the airport and they're just standing there crying but that was like just a sh it felt like an eternity but it was just a short season where they were just at that age i don't know you were at that stage yourself when you started speaking i was a hot mess <laughs> like I, I am not good by myself i am now now i'm like okay see you later but when you start i didn't like being by myself i slept with a hammer i was terrified that somebody she was literally gonna... did you catch that people she <laughs> slept with a hammer like under her pillow we didn't have a security system we were poor people we couldn't afford 9.99 a month <laughs> it was like i need a hammer <laughs> Literally, she. So if I was coming home late from a trip, I'd be terrified that she'd wake up and <laughs> beat me. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome home. No, I think that's true. Like early on, it was tough. Like I remember you'd be in tears sometimes. I remember kids would be in tears sometimes. I remember I'd drive away in tears sometimes. And I remember, but like as we've got used to it and it's become more of the norm. Like now it's like okay, I'll see you later. Later. And now we we base all of the travel based on sleeps, the number of sleeps Daddy's yeah. gone. How many sleeps are you going to be going? It's all based around the sleeps. So is there anything that, well, like, okay, when I'm gone, when I'm, whether it's, you know, 24 hours or for several days, what are things that A, like you and I do to stay connected and B, 
like to help our kids feel some sense of normalcy? I think FaceTime, like it kind of came around in the early days. Of we used Skype travel. for a while beforehand. Yeah, I know Skype was really hard for me. I don't know. I never mastered that for some reason. We were always struggling. But once FaceTime came around, like that was super awesome because the girls always wanted, they called it Face Talk. I want to Face Talk Daddy. Yeah. So we Face Talked a ton, which helped. I mean, that's, you're not there, but you're, they can see you and you're living, breathing. And <laughs> right. as far as us, like we text constantly. I remember you said you talked with a friend one time and he's like, he would go on long trips and never really talk to his wife. And we multiple texts a day and like an absurd amount crazy of texting. Text. Yeah. We had to go unlimited because it was just <laughs> we're on an unlimited plan, which I don't think we can ever leave because I think it's just helpful to because now, you know, I work from home. We spend so much of our days together. So we just kind of always know what the other one's up to. Mm -hmm. So now just keeping us. I mean, like I'm thinking like so many little things of like I'm at the airport. I'm checked in. I'm on the plane. I landed. Yeah. I'm walking to my rental car, I'm, which seems silly. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like keeping you in the loop on here's what I'm up to. And you're texting like, hey, we're headed to the store or we just did, you know, we're going to your mom's house or we're doing whatever, you know. So just like just daily life stuff. Emily, Emily's throwing up. <laughs> All those. Someone little... else is puking. The curse yeah. is hit again. But just like those little things of keeping you in the loop and keeping me in the loop on like just life is happening. So FaceTime, we would do try to FaceTime like multiple times a day if possible yeah. depended on what like event you were at but right. <clears throat> if you were free we would probably annoy you too much but it was helpful to i don't know maybe helpful or just fun it was fun to just keep the girls like up to date on like where i was or looking at a map or facetiming the view and showing like hey i'm in this city or here's this play or here's this building or here's the mountains or here's the ocean or something you know yeah a couple of years ago we had that map on the classroom wall and mm -hmm. you would before every trip you would take the girls in and you know we're here and this is where i'm going and i have to take two planes or yeah <laughs> i'm gonna do one plane or so that kind of that was fun for them i remember i have pictures of that little interaction we should have we always talked about putting like pins in the map to show yeah. like places that i've been or that we've all been We'd have to like buy out staples with pins now because we have to. it's been a lot of places. <laughs> That's a lot of places. So one of the things that we've also been pretty intentional about doing is trying to incorporate the girls into some trip. So granted, you guys wouldn't come with me constantly, but you might, you know, come to a few events mm -hmm. here and there each year. The fun ones. The fun ones. Well, yeah. If I was going to Orlando, you guys wanted to tag along. But if yes. I was going to North Dakota. No, thanks. Oddly enough, I've done a lot of speaking in North Dakota. You spent a lot of time. And I think you were in North Dakota one time and I thought I was in labor. And you're like, isn't that where you were? I remember I was going to fly to an event with our youngest child, Miley. Like, I was supposed to fly out the next morning, I think. And you... There was one where you were away. And I was at the hospital with my sister and you're... You kept texting her like, do I need to get on the plane? Do I need to come home? And she's like, they haven't decided if they're going to keep her. And she'd ask me, do you want him to come home? And I'm like, no, 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 wait, wait. Like that was our life. Like I do remember. like <laughs> I really thought that I would have a one child like via FaceTime with you. I really <laughs> figured that you wouldn't make it back or. We kind of lucked out because the one of my busiest months was always April. 
in which our oldest daughter was born in. But at that point, I wasn't mm-hmm. busy enough for that to matter. And then our youngest daughter, when I was the busiest, was born in December. And December's typically extremely slow for speakers. So from that standpoint, yeah. I don't think that that was intentional that we planned that out. But <laughs> that worked out well for travel and schedule. Okay, so FaceTiming, texting, anything else that like just you and I did just to stay connected? I don't know. I know one thing, like we've always been really intentional. Or I've tried to be intentional about on two things. One is to trying to have like regular date nights. Yeah. We've always been pretty, pretty good about that. I would say, you know, once a week, once every other week or so. Again, we've always, we're fortunate that we've got family generally that can help us out with that. So that's been super helpful. But then we've also, so date nights is really important for us. Even if it's just like going to Walmart <laughs> Or just like going to Chick-fil-A. We're not romantic in any way. It's not like roses and candlelight. We're extremely (laughs) lame when it comes to the romance. And I guess, I don't know, that's maybe We'll go back to pick up the kids from your mom. She'll be like, what'd you do? We're like, we went like mini blind shopping. (laughs) (laughs) Which we actually did a couple weeks ago. So we try to do regular date nights just to like catch up on life. But then I've also like some seasons I'm better at this than others. But I try to give like make sure that you have like just mommy time. So yes. trying to remind myself, like you've gone on a few trips or I've had the girls for like an extended period of time or a couple of days, a handful of times. And I realized like, oh my gosh, it's a, it can be a lot of work. I mean, especially like when they're younger. I mean, so thankfully. Except let's talk about how they're so good for you. They for are me, pretty good for yeah, me. Yeah. I come back and you're like, they're so good. We did this and this and this. And I'm like, shut up. Like, I, why? I, yeah, I don't know why that is, but I would I would agree. Like, I know sometimes when I'm gone, like I hear the horror stories, and if I have them though, they're just good. Yeah, I know. Like, I need. I almost feel like I need like a camera crew to document what it's like when you're gone, so you're not like, yeah, whatever. I, I mean, I think they are. I don't know, but anyway. But at the same time, like keeping them for a couple of days, even though now like they're thankfully more self-sufficient it can be tiring especially when they were little so just trying to make sure that when i'm home for a few days that i give you time to like just go you weren't super good about that early on though i will say i'm not blaming you no i I said we weren't i didn't ask for it and you didn't offer it like we just didn't make that a priority yeah and i think at some point it came to a head where it's like i'm going to implode if we don't like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've had a Figure like very out. few of those moments but a few of those moments where just like i was just gone a lot or just like you mentioned the seasons thing like it was just uh. a hectic season like i might be gone four or five nights be home for a night and then even like the couple days that i would be home like i was just i was working a lot how have you kind of managed those seasons where even if i was home a lot i was still working i think that's like another like misconception about like just speaking in entrepreneurship in general is it's like, like there's always more to do. Yeah. Well, and people are like, oh, he works from home. That must be so nice. And I'm like, <laughs> he works. He works from home. Like he's shut away in his office. It's not like we're making pancakes together and singing <laughs> Kumbaya. Like he's. I don't think we've ever made pancakes <laughs> I together. I know. I'm just saying. Like, if it, like I said, our life is so different than anybody else's. But I think, man, how did I? I tried to like, probably to a fault, like I tried to not, I had to learn to not be reliant on you when you were gone. So when you would come home, I was also kind of just always feeling like, okay, don't bother him, don't bother him, probably to a fault, but like I just. I think you've done a really good, like we were talking about that the other day with some some friends of ours, where 
you're used to, even though I work from home, of just pretending like I'm not here. Because yeah. like, this is how we make our living. You know, you're a full-time mom and I'm the sole financial provider for the family. So I, if I wasn't working here, I'm, I have to go get an office somewhere. Like I have to get stuff done, you know? So I think we've done a good job just kind of balancing like that piece of it. Yeah. How do you think we have managed? Cause I, do you think I'm a workaholic? <laughs> we need a whole nother episode. Wow. For this. We need to bring, you're going like to be a, a repeat guest. <laughs> we need to bring in a therapist. This is going to be good. Cause I think like, okay, I'll acknowledge like I work a lot. I also acknowledge like I really enjoy what I do. I think that's what it is. Like you love working, so you don't know. Sometimes you're just oblivious to the fact that, you know, it's 1030 and you're sitting in bed just working away happily. And I'm like, hello. What? How do you balance that from your standpoint? Because there's like normally you just kind of let me do my thing. But then there's times you're just like, hey, seriously, (laughs) you need to get off your computer. (laughs) You need to talk to your children. You need to. Like that, because I know, I know for me, like I always do feel that tension of I genuinely enjoy what I do and it's a lot of fun and I like the game of it, but I also have the balance of the responsibilities of being a husband and being a father, other responsibilities that I really, really enjoy, you know? So how do you kind of navigate that from a spouse perspective? Sometimes I just like unplug you, like I'll take away (laughs) your cell phone or your hide your laptop or something to just be like my devices yeah disconnect you we do a decent job of that now on like date nights especially like a lot of times on date nights i'll just give you my phone and i'll try to because i'll just catch myself just habitually checking it like just because it's there yeah you just you have this one friend in particular that wow i'm gonna call him out you and brian i mean wow it's a bromance oh I've got a lot of bromances. You do. Then you got Jeff. There's just all these. Hey, it's okay. These other men it's in your okay, life. It's <laughs> okay, dear. It's okay. Okay, let's see here. I was looking through. We had a couple of people that had submitted some questions here. I was kind of skimming through here and seeing what other things. Okay, we made the decision early. Like, let's talk about your work because when we first got married, you were a hairstylist, which people find that crazy ironic. And that I've you have we've been together 19 years. And you've never seen me with hair. Nope. I've no hair. I started shaving it like in third grade or something like that. And I've just never grown it out. And I have no desire to grow it out. Do you really want to see? Well, I did. Like, seriously, for years, I was like, you thought I was being silly, but it's I was like, mystery. please grow it out. Like, I just wanted to see what you would look like. I think you just wanted to have like your own little like I wanted to be able to like style. run my fingers through your hair. Sounds sexy. <laughs> I mean, you can still do that. Like, well, I don't have much hair up here. but you, yeah. <laughs> so uh, you were a hairstylist for a little while. And then I was trying to remember, like, timeline of when you decided to, or we decided to, for you to not work. I was trying to think what that was like. I think when Sydney was born. Maybe, well, it was toward the end of when we were at the church. Yeah. When you were the youth pastor. Because church life was, weekends were just when everything Constant. happened. And that's when hairstylists make money, especially on Saturday. Right. And it was like, if I'm going to work and make money, I have to work on Saturday, but that means I miss out on this. And that means I probably won't see my husband at all because (laughs) he's busy the whole weekend. So at some point we, I took a part-time job at like a a retail clothing store. I was a day manager there. That's That's kind of what got us into the purse stuff. Is it? That's true. Cause you were, it was like this, 
I don't know. It's a second hand. Yeah, like a second hand, like a nice second hand store or something. And so you would get, like, some stuff would come in and we'd be like, oh, we could totally sell that for more on eBay. Yeah, we could sell that. Yeah. So that's how, I guess that. That So you can thank me. I can blame you for that addiction. (laughs) So I quit doing hair and started working part time there so that I could be with you more. And then I got pregnant. And then I had really bad pregnancies. And so I think that's really what led to the first. I have to quit my job because I can't stand up. <laughs> like I was so can't sick. function. Yeah. But like at that point, I mean, that was ten years ago, and you never went back. So I went back part time. Remember, between Emily and Miley. So between doing hair. This, yep. I did go back kind for a little of. bit, but it was more just for my sanity. I yeah. was like, I need human interaction that's above four foot tall. <laughs> so <laughs> I went back like two or three days a week. Do you miss doing that? Because even now, like it's been several years since you've, yeah. I mean, it's been a decade since you've worked full time outside yeah. of the house. And like you have a very full time gig now. We homeschool our kids. We have three very active daughters with very different, distinct personalities. So how do you find yourself not just losing my mind, losing your mind and just <laughs> it's day to day touch and go, touch sometimes. and go. <laughs> I mean, it really is day to day, but I, Thankfully, I've never been like, I didn't grow up thinking I needed a career. Like I didn't, my mom was a stay at home mom. So I didn't like see a mom leaving every day and going to work. And so I think that I didn't have that in my mind that I needed that. So it didn't feel like I was, that I'm missing out on something. Does that make sense? Yep. Like I, I'm comfortable in the fact that I I'm not a career woman. I think some people find their identity in that. Like yeah. my sister works full time and like, I think it'd be really hard for her not to because she's always done that. Right. Whereas I haven't. And so I don't feel bad being like, I'm a stay at home mom because that's a full time job right there. People. <laughs> it is a thankless, constant gig. But I, and I would agree. Like even I think when we got married, I think that was something that you always like you wanted to be, you just wanted to be a, a great wife and a great mom and but not in a lazy sense no i don't think so at all like i I don't i mean i think they're i'm sure they're out there and they have reality tv shows about those people but i mean i think that i mean especially now given that we uh, i say we uh homeschool our children i'm i always say that i am the uh the pe teacher that just tries to flirt with the principal Mm -hmm. and i i mean you do all of the homeschooling which is a crazy gig in itself let's talk about that real quick like why did we decide to homeschool what are the ups and downs of it how do you manage that like we've got a lot of friends that are just like put them in school like that's free childcare. <laughs> like yeah. you could have a, like you could have a life like well, eight to three yeah. like you and i we could do lunches every day we could hang out we would have like just a ton of time and so let's kind of talk through that because we're in our what third year of homeschooling mm-hmm. so what well, was never the plan like we didn't have like we had never really like been like we're gonna homeschool our children and we'd never never talked about it at all issue with public school it wasn't like like a lot of people think when you send because we sent sydney to kindergarten and first grade a lot of people think when you pull them out like oh what happened you know did you have bad experience experience, actually yeah we loved our school like i cried the first day that i homeschooled her the following year because i'm like all her friends were you know i've seen all the pictures of the kids going back to school and i'm like we're ruining her we're gonna (laughs) it's gonna be horrible like we had a great principal great teacher great like Mm -hmm. other parents great family like we just had a great situation like school was a mile from our house it 
came to a head because you were traveling. And so yeah. you would be gone for three days and then you'd come home for a day, but we'd ship her off to school at eight in the morning and she'd come home at three thirty, and you might see her for a couple hours and she'd go to bed and then you'd leave the next day. And so it was like, she got super, we went through a rough time where yeah. she was super emotional. She Very cried emotional. every day on the way to school. And I think that's when we kind of started, you joked about it when she started kindergarten, like, hey, you should homeschool, then we could travel. And I was like, I'll never do that. Never say never, because I was like, I could never do that. I don't think I love my children enough. Like, (laughs) we would kill each other. But by the end, by beginning of her first grade year, I was like, okay, maybe. And then halfway through, I'm like, we this isn't working. We have to like for our family to function, we have to be able to see each other. Like a big part of it was the, okay, dad's gone a lot. And so just being able to be together more often. But I think a big thing too for us was at that point, I was traveling a lot. And so you guys were starting to travel some with me. I mean, again, we're talking mm-hmm. a couple of times a year, but like we were having to pull her out of school or we just wanted... Like we have always really, really prioritized like freedom and flexibility in life and that we want to go on trips and have adventures and just live life. And so we've made that a priority to have that freedom and flexibility. So I think that was a big catalyst of it as well. Yeah, we, um, I think her first grade year we had pulled her out. Like we were, I mean, I was counting like the minutes to where she was like at that <laughs> I don't know, truancy the, or something where the state border. Calls us. Yeah, where we get, you know, a visit from the local authorities saying, your kid is missing too much school. And we always made sure, like, her teachers always knew and the principal knew. And they were semi not I mean, they were nice about it. But by the end of first grade, I'm kind of getting that look from the principal. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, but it's for the good of our family. <laughs> so. We've also tried to be pretty intentional, like, on trips to... Like it's not like every trip's not just a vacation, just like lay by the pool. But like we try to make them educational and to incorporate some reason into the trip beyond just there's a beach nearby. Or we're going to Disney. So, yeah, I think that was why we started was a combo of she's missing too much school for us to travel anymore. And we need to be together. So we've been doing it three years now mm-hmm. you spend the bulk of your day homeschooling and managing the kids i spend the bulk of my day here in the office working we all five of us are together a lot all the time we are all under the same roof pretty much all day every day our so, dishwasher is constantly running <laughs> we have we noticed it the other day like we all we, we fill up our trash can with trash goes out once a week the dumpster goes out once a week and we always have a ton more trash. And you made a great observation the other day. Like so many other people go to work, they go to school, they have other places to yeah, take their the, trash. Their trash is being dumped everywhere else. Ours is. We have so much here. trash. It's ridiculous. That's a side note. But you're going to get comments about recycling. I know. <laughs> yeah, I was afraid of that. I just realized that. We tried for a while, people. But I mean, I got a, <laughs> I got a lot going on. Like sorting plastic versus paper is just a you little much. Pick and choose your battles. You do. So like anything that we do today to just kind of like manage life and not kill each other and like be under the same roof It's constantly. been an interesting season because you've, I don't know if you've talked much about how much you've cut back on travel, but like to go from, how many events did you do? A couple of years ago, I did 67 
and it was ended up being you know like 70 75 nights gone yeah and like this year it'll be you know zero oh. <laughs> you're always here i'm here a lot but i'm still doing some <laughs> yeah so like just in the past since christmas really you've been have you even had a trip that we didn't go on uh, I don't think you. Uh, not. not no, really. I've only had a couple of speaking trips, and I think you guys have come like maybe yeah. one or two. So just that has been an interesting dynamic switch. Is like you're here and you're in my business, and you know we're used to having like that flow, like up and down. Daddy's here, daddy's gone, and that routine. And now we're like learning how to. <laughs> I'm having to learn how to like let you help because for right. so long I was just like I'll just do it I have to do it I'm no, he's not here <laughs> I'm a single mother wow <laughs> no, it's all that's coming how, out <laughs> that's how I felt sometimes so how I meant to ask you this especially as the business was growing and I've hired several people to help in the business we have some I have some speaker friends and just entrepreneur friends where their spouse helps in the business we've always been pretty intentional about you not having to work in the business. Can we talk about that? Like why, like granted I hired people early on and it would have saved money to just have you help. So what was our kind of our thought process there? I don't think it would have been healthy for us, especially with your like workaholic personality. Like I think you would have always been like, Hey, do this. Hey, check on this. Did you do this? Like that would have just, that wouldn't, I mean, do don't you, you agree? Hard to work for. Oh, I couldn't work for you either. Wow. That's another reason. It would have been very unhealthy. <laughs> but uh, like my team says, I'm one of the best people they've ever worked for. Well, that's because they're not married to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Wow. I'm sure you're great to work for. I just don't want to work for you. Yeah. No, but I think it's healthy. Like, because we have that like line, like, and you, I mean, we still, you still talk about things with me and call me in for a little strategy sessions yeah i just gotta talk stuff through on the whiteboard and sketch it out and she just laughs at me yeah i don't laugh it's cute (laughs) (laughs) i think we've done a good job of like you're not necessarily involved in like the day-to-day stuff but i really try to keep you in the loop on the big picture of Mm -hmm. hey here's what i'm thinking with the business here's a new thing we're trying here's kind of the direction i'm i want to go how have you kind of navigated the emotional roller coaster of entrepreneurship because like financially some days it's really, really good. Some days it's miserable. And then there's also days like emotionally, like I just feel on top of the world and days where I just feel like I suck at life <laughs> and I just need to go back to Applebee's. <laughs> like how have you kind of navigated that with those roller coasters of emotions and finances that I've had? I think you've kind of like protected me from it in a way. Like I'll sense it and I'll kind of know that, you know, maybe it's a, well, generally like I know that I always knew that December was dead. So like we planned it we always were good about planning ahead for Christmas, but like as far as like extra stuff beyond like buying gifts, like you just didn't like for a time you just didn't go out to eat in December because (laughs) there wasn't money. There was no money. It's buy grandma a gift or (laughs) eat at Applebee's. So... We have a thing like Applebee's should sponsor your podcast. They really should. <laughs> I don't think they would, but but you've kind of like you try. I think you try to protect me from feeling overly stressed about it because there's nothing I can do. I mean, I could cut a few heads of hair, but that's not going to make the house payment. So, but I can tell when you're stressed, and I just try to. I do think I try to hide it. Yeah, from you. 
Like well, I mean, even recently, you said there was a month that was kind of like, you're like, mm, is, is this all crashing down around us? Just, and it wasn't, but just that's where your mind goes. And it is like, I didn't just, really know. And you said that the other day to someone, I'm like, what? <laughs> were we borderline bankrupt? What's going on? I knew we weren't. And like, yeah, we're, we're never at like a really bad place. And I think one thing, again, going back to what we talked about earlier, like we've been really intentional about financially having a lot of cushion we have an emergency fund we keep an emergency fund in the business we like are really really intentional about a lot of those things so we have a lot of margin we have a lot of cushion we don't live like an extravagant lifestyle we to this day still oftentimes if we go to like a chick-fil-a we'll share a drink and fries and like all these little things that we do just to save a couple bucks which is just ridiculous but we still do it we do well like it goes back to like when sid was a baby and we were poor like our eating out budget for the month was like $25, which meant like twice we could go to McDonald's and share a value meal. <laughs> like that was our life. And that was that's big. It. That was big. We were balling. And that's when we ate McDonald's. Now we're like training our children. Don't eat McDonald's. Ever since we saw. What was the, that called? Supersize me. Yes. Oh, oh people. That ruined it. You, s- you still get your, your Dr. Pepper fix there from time to time. Oh, yeah. You got to have your Dr. Pepper. but And they have good sweet tea. Oh, yeah. On cheat days. Cheat day. Cheat day Saturday. Tomorrow's cheat day for us. Okay, let's wrap up and talk about this. I think a lot of people, we've been here in Nashville a year. A lot of people are confused by it, especially like when we first decided to move here. Because again, like just to set the stage here, we lived in the same place our entire life. Like all of our families there. We went to high school together there. We kind of grew up in the same church there. Like we just had a ton of people that we knew, family, friends, connections. I worked from home. We homeschooled the kids even though hypothetically we could live anywhere, like we didn't have any reason to go anywhere where we were living. We had a nice house. We were in a nice neighborhood. We had friends. We cost of living was low. Like there was on paper, no reason to leave. And I remember coming home. Like what, how did it come up? Let's talk through from your perspective. You had been, why were you here? I was in Nashville for an event. It was a mastermind event and yeah. um, got to chat with a couple guys and then, and you came home in the evening, and so we're laying in bed that night, like, my light's out, you're on your computer working, like, always. Wow. <laughs> and you're like, so what would you think about moving to Nashville? And, like, I don't know what, I don't, maybe it had been a long week, and I was delirious. <laughs> Caught you at or, a moment of weakness. <laughs> yeah, but I was just like, yeah. And, like, within an hour of just laying there in the dark talking about it, like, I was ready to list the house the next day. Why do you think and it was so... I don't like, know. You were so gung-ho on it. We were just... Like, I've always kind of just been like... It doesn't scare me to, like, try new things. I don't know. I mean, I say that, like, doing this podcast, I was about to throw up, but... Hey, we've been doing... You're doing well. Know, How are you feeling? Thanks. Thank you very much. I'm good. Are you going to come back? Oh, sure. Oh, man. I'm excited. <laughs> We're going to record that piece. Yeah. Just the adventure, like you said earlier. Like, we just like just living on a whim. Like, I think for, just... for me, it was more the entrepreneurial stuff, the connections, the opportunities. But I think for you, it was definitely, like, it's a cool city. It'd be a fun place. And, like, for context's sake, you'd never even been here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, let's list our house tomorrow. I know a real estate agent. And you're like, I think we should go there first. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny now. It's a little ridiculous how quick you were like, yeah, let's just do it. But we did like within a couple weeks, you and I came here. We came. Yep. We came for a weekend. We drove around. We looked at houses. And we didn't tell 
Who kept uh, the girls? Your mom? I think my mom kept the girls. We're like, we're just going for fun. Do we tell? I think we told her. No. Because like at that point on that road trip? No. No, I think we did. Are you like sure? just to have context, because like all like we didn't do any tours and stuff. Like we literally, I remember we printed out a list of like fifteen houses like all over the area, and we just drove around like just trying to figure out like neighborhoods. So that was after the Chipotle family session of I think so. Hey, we think we might move. Yeah, I think so. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Either way. Well, so Grandma did know, but it we, was all very fresh. Yeah, we came, we drove around, and we just like I remember I flew from Nashville to an event. And you drove back by yourself. But I remember we were just like, okay, I think I think we're doing this. And like it all seemed to happen pretty quick. Well, it did because we were wanting to get our house sold like in that like ju- late July, early August, like when people are wanting to get settled before school starts. But we missed that window and we waited and we waited. Because <laughs> like we first, I remember the event I came to, the mastermind deal was like in June and then we talked about it. I remember we came out here in July and we listed our house like in August. Like it was fast. Probably mm-hmm. two months from the time we first talked about it to listing the house. Maybe not even that. So then we list the house. It sits for... Six months. Was it six before it sold? Yeah. That was eight before it sold. Oh, maybe. I don't know. It felt well, like six years. It was an eternity. But like we were so gung-ho and excited <laughs> and then we list it and then like just nothing and just crickets for a while. And so we go through that. And then and people think we're crazy. And then they're like, maybe it's a sign. Oh, maybe you're not lot. supposed to go. And I'm like, <laughs> no, we are. It's just all about timing, people. All about timing. So we sold the house. We moved here. And like, I still remember like we had two U-Haul trucks. We were towing the van. We had the girl. You had our youngest in your truck. I had the other two in my truck. And we're like driving away from like everything we've known. Like, and I didn't cry. I felt kind of bad. It was weird. <laughs> it was really weird to feel like we're actually doing that. Like this is a, it's one thing to have like some, you know, little field trip or something. It's another thing to be like, we just packed up our life in two U-Haul trucks and are driving like eight hours to a place that. You- I think the eight hours helped. Like I felt like all along, if we want to go back, we can, which we have a yeah. lot, probably more than I thought we would. And I feel like if people really want to see us, they can come here too. So it's not like. It's not like we're across the country. Right. I mean, we're a state. I think away. that was definitely a big key factor for us was like, you know, my brother lives in New York City, so you can't just like on a whim hop up and see him. Like you got to plan a flight and especially with, you know, our family of five, like you just, you can't, it's hard to do that. So being able to drive, like you said, to and from for our family to come see us or for us to go back and see them. And I mean, there have been a couple of times where I know you've gone back and like, a couple days notice yeah. and even like just for, for like 24 hours, 24 hours. <laughs> you went crazy. back for our niece's yeah. birthday party. That was absurd. I can't believe you <laughs> did that. Um, so just, so we're a year into it now and we've talked about it several times before. Like, why do you think it is that this transition that again on paper would make no sense and everybody would think is crazy. And I think if we were on the outside looking in, we would think was crazy. Why do you think it has gone so smooth and been like such a good transition for us? I don't know. I've always said I feel like we did it wrong somehow because people ask me like, how are you doing? Like all concerned. And I'm like, we're awesome. We And we it. legitimately are. Yeah. Like that's not just like. Like you feel kind of bad when you talk to people who 
aren't awesome about it. You're like, I love it here. And, you know, the girls are happy. And yeah, it went really smooth. I think we were, it helped we were both on the same page. Like maybe me more than you. You were so gung ho on it. It was crazy. But yeah, I don't really know why it was so easy on us. Just that whole adventure, not being scared of change. We've made it work. And maybe it was that like we were together a lot as a family anyway. And so it was just like, we're just. I think we also kind of viewed it like, okay, what's the worst that could happen? Like worst could happen. We get out here. We don't like it. We decide to move back. Like, yeah. Like in the scheme of things, like it's not that, yeah, it'd be a pain in the butt to deal with at the time. But like in the scheme of things, it's just not that big of a deal. I think it maybe even just like, like the same thing with like starting the speaking business of going like, what's the worst that can happen? I have to go back to Applebee's. Applebee's. Go back to Applebee's. <laughs> so it's just kind of like, okay, let's take the risk because the worst that could happen even then is not that bad in the, you know, in the scheme of things. Yeah. It was just a really good. We've loved it here. Yeah. A good change for the bold ones. It is indeed. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap up, dear. So you're willing to come back? sure yes i'm so happy you were terrified like people people (laughs) do not appreciate like how like i've asked you for weeks about this months yeah a long time you brought it up with the last podcast yeah you you wanted to interview me about homeschooling i'm like i can't you're pretty anti but it wasn't bad you did good i (laughs) we did good we're a team team ball any final words of wisdom of like just navigating being married to a speaker, an entrepreneur through the stages and the, the highs and lows of it all. You just have to be flexible. I think that's the key. Like your life is going to be totally different than anybody else's. I mean, unless you hang with a crowd of speakers and strange people like such. But I just had to realize like we weren't normal, and we, but that it worked for us. Kate Gosselin said it's a crazy life but it's our life like wow, that's you how you brought I, up Kate Gosselin I did wow. but that that show was popular and I remember like the first time I heard her say that I'm like that's so us like we don't have eight kids but like it's a crazy nobody, life but it's our life and yeah nobody right. gets our crazy life but it works for us so works really well I think if you're flexible and willing to be different we are willing works. to be different we've been recording for an hour Oh my gosh. And our kids haven't interrupted us. I know. Can we just keep going like forever? Wow. You want to keep <laughs> going? All right. We'll have you back for part two. So normally I would ask people where they can find you. Do you get a website or anything? I don't. <laughs> just find Grant. You'll find me. Wow. What's it like sometimes when uh, at some of the events... You like, can't stop talking to me, can you? No, I just like talking to you. This is fun. <laughs> I got actual work I got to do, but this is fun just chatting with you. What's it like on some events that you've come to or brought the girls where... You have a bunch of people that want to take pictures or get autographs from me. Is that weird to you? It's so funny to me. <laughs> like just the line of people to get your autograph or... It's just the weirdest thing. Yeah, it's very strange. And it's funnier for the girls because yeah. they see it as like legit celebrities. So they're like, when the daddy going to be on E! News? And <laughs> stuff like that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. All right, my dear. Thanks for being on. You're welcome. I love you. Love you. All right, there you go. Did you enjoy that? How was that? That was pretty fun, wasn't it? 
man, I had we had so much fun talking about that. And uh, I guess it sounds like she's interested, interested in maybe coming back. What do you think? Should we have her back on? Was there anything that we should have discussed that we didn't discuss? I felt like we hit a lot of stuff there. But if there's other things you want us to discuss or talk about, let us know. I would love to hear from you. Let us know. You can always go to the show notes of any episode we do. You can find those over at thespeakerlab.com. Again, that is at thespeakerlab.com. Definitely check that out. Let us know what questions or things that we should have hit that you wish we, we would have covered there. But uh, that was a heck of a lot of fun, even if you hated it. I'm glad we did it because uh, she and I, we had a really great time talking and just really enjoyed that conversation. Hey, one of the things I want to remind you is we do free online trainings uh, pretty frequently where we're teaching you all about how to get started as a speaker, how to find and book speaking engagements, how much to charge, figuring out what you want to speak about, figuring out how to create your, your marketing materials. And so we you can register for one of those. Again, totally free. You can find it over at freespeakerworkshop.com. Again, that is freespeakerworkshop.com. Definitely check that out. We'd love to have you come hang out with us on a future online workshop or, or training there. So again, freespeakerworkshop.com. All right, my friends, that wraps up today's episode episode 60. Part of the reason we wanted to do it today is I know that this coming weekend, at least here in the U.S., is Mother's Day. So happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. Hope your children take good care of you this weekend. And thanks for what you do. Thanks for allowing the kids in your life to dream and to pursue crazy things in life like being an entrepreneur or being a speaker. So you're awesome. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next time. 